Entrepreneur Circle is an on-air brands production and a proud member of the On-Air Brands Network. Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki. And you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle. Eric Cabral. On this episode. So financial freedom to me means that your investment income, I call it passive income, pays for your needs, wants, and more, which allows you, you know, you don't have to work for money. Right? And what I love about financial freedom is it actually frees people to do what they're meant to do. Like there's so many people who were like trapped, like I was, right? Like I was trapped doing something that maybe I wasn't really meant to do because I had to pay the bills. Right? I had to like pay for my student loans and the mortgage and the car and all that. Um, but yes, that's what financial freedom means to me. Having passive income, investment income that pays for your needs once and more. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. My goal is to inspire you by chatting with entrepreneurs about their successes, their failures in life and in business. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral, a real estate investor, a creative, and I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years. Got my start in New York City as a junior art director, made my way to the top of the corporate ladder and realized there was the proverbial glass ceiling. So I hung up my corporate hat and started my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using podcasts and social media marketing, along with the help of my other company, PodMax, which hosts live and virtual events for top performing entrepreneurs to get them on podcasts and to learn from our keynote speakers and our massive network. So to learn more about that event, hit up podmax.co and sign up for the next event. They're happening each and every month. So as always, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with two to three of your friends to continue growing our community and to help others grow from the knowledge shared here and learned here on this podcast. And before we jump into the show, I'd like to share some of what our sponsors, partners, and good friends have to offer you. Hello, this is Josh McCown, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Circle. I am your most humbled and happy host, as usual. Today, I have a really cool person that I've met 
um, recently, and she's got an amazing story that she's going to share with you. And I'm so excited so that you guys can hear everything that she's done. It's so inspirational. And I'm knowing, I'm not hoping, I know for a fact she's going to inspire you on your journey to real estate investing and financial freedom. Welcome to the show, Ariane Lemire. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. I'm so excited to have another awesome conversation with you. <laughs> yes. I, I am always so blessed when I meet you through, you know, my other show, Capital Hacking with Josh McAllen, because he and his team always set these calls up, right? And then I, and then I show up. I'm a diva, he calls me. Um, and I just show up to the ones I want to. I'm like, I see Ariane and yes, I'm going to be there. She's a Filipina and I'm going to be there because <laughs> there's not a lot of us in the real estate space, really. Asians in right. general. Um, and it's so cool to to meet you and to have met you through that show and to hear your story. And I'm loving and knowing that we're going to be able to peel back layers so that the audience gets to love and appreciate you the way I do. But let's let the audience know who and what you do. Ariane is a uh, real estate investor, obviously, uh, but she's really heavy into mindset and getting you to financial freedom, which is all of our paths. Uh, and she does it through a brand called Wealth Gym. So you want to tell a little bit about what that is, and then we could dive into your story. Yeah, yeah. So really what I've found in the last five or six years in the real estate investing world is a lot of people work really, really hard at you know making more money, investing. And sometimes it's we still don't get there, right? We still don't get to financial freedom. And that's why we created Wealth Gym because it's not its not just knowing what to do. It's also doing it day by day, week by week, year after year and building to get to that financial freedom goal you actually want to achieve. So that's what we do. We kind of have a community of people who help each other get to their goals and lift each other up. Here's what I love about that. And a lot of people talk about financial freedom, right? In our space all the time, right? Legacy wealth. Well, for a spoiler alert for anyone who's listening, Ariane has already achieved financial freedom. She's So what that means for those who don't know is your investing, your vehicles and projects, especially within real estate, the, the, the profits and the revenue and the dividends, whatever you want to call it, pays for your expenses, your living expenses, mm -hmm. folks. So if you've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which most of us have, you understand becoming financially free is massive. That is game. That is the game changer. That is the life changer. So can you sort of talk about how you got there? Um, but let's start back home like where you come from and how you developed into this person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was born in the Philippines. Um, and like every other Filipino, my parents told me to get into healthcare, be a nurse, <laughs> do all that. Right? <laughs> so I actually went into the healthcare profession. Uh, my parents ended up moving to New Zealand when I was in college. So I, instead of being a nurse, I became a speech therapist. I was mm. a little bit rebellious, uh, but still in the healthcare world. And so I did that, got my bachelor's degree, undergrad degree, became a speech therapist, right? And what I found was I created a nice little cage for myself in there because I actually ended up marrying my husband who's from Florida. That's why I'm here in the U.S. My parents and my sister and brother are still in New Zealand. My extended family still in the Philippines. And 
you know, we, we were newlyweds. I was a speech therapist. My husband was a software engineer. And then we were like, okay, we made it. Woo-hoo! And the next thing we knew, we're like, wait, hold on. Like, but we can't ever visit your family because you, you know, I couldn't take any time off in my work because I was the only speech therapist in the building. So even though I was accruing time off, I couldn't really take the two day flight to New Zealand. And then we were like, like, this isn't what, you know, we wanted. We didn't want a life where we could never visit my family. When we had kids, they would never know that side of the family. So we were just like trapped and kind of depressed, really. Like we worked so hard, you know, all everybody listening, you know how hard it was to go through college, get that job, save up some money. And then you're like, this isn't the life I want. So that's how real estate investing started for us. We started looking at, okay, now we have a nice job, but we actually want to not have this job anymore. So what can we do to replace our income with investment income? So maybe one of us can go part-time and we can actually visit the family. And we started looking and Googling and looking at podcasts and forums and all of that kind of stuff. And we came on to real estate investing. So that's how it started. We saved up some money, paid off some debt, and bought our first rental. Yeah, this is crazy. So let's let's go let's go back to the early days when you discovered real estate investing as an investing vehicle, right? Why why not stock? And then also the second part. So why not stock or something that everybody understands and knows and thinks it's safe um, and that they have control over it? Or and also what was it? that okay let me let you answer that one because yeah this is this is not related i don't want to throw you off so so we looked into stocks as well so with all the googling right stocks came up and we saw that like the method to retire with stocks would take a lot longer than the method to retire with real estate because with stocks it's that four percent rule whatever whatever and then you know like we were young so we actually that actually wouldn't work it had to be like the two percent rule (laughs) yeah Um, but with real estate (laughs) It was also simpler for us, I guess. You buy a property, it gives you a certain amount each month. And so if we needed X amount of dollars, we needed $10,000 a month, we just needed to buy this amount of property to get to $10,000 a month. And then great, we replaced one salary. And then we can just keep building on that. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. So here's the second part uh, is... Once you decided, okay, yeah, yeah, not stocks. It's going to take way too long, and we're we're sound like you were analyzing and doing projections and your 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 family finances mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, which I highly recommend anyone out there. You have to do this. My wife and I literally just had dinner uh, last weekend, and and we we call I call it a family life plan mm. meeting, where she yes. and I go through our finances and we try to figure it out and like what are our goals, and then we review the goals from last year. I'm like, oh look, we did that nice. one. You know, this is a nice little wins. Pat yourself on the yeah. back. But it sounds like you guys did a version of that, which is cool. So here's the big question. Mindset. Mm. How did you get past the fear of the risk? Because it's risky. Real estate investing. Yes, it is risky, but a lot less risky than a lot of other investment vehicles out there. Now we have crypto and all that kind of stuff, which is great. You know, like I like I have one percent of my portfolio in it. But I wouldn't necessarily tell someone to put more than that in it, right? Because it's it's risky, high risk, high potential of going away, right? So I'm okay with that 1% going away, but it might grow. Anyway, back to the point. Real estate, 
it was just a lot easier to understand, right? I could touch it, feel it, see it if I wanted to. Um, the first one we bought was local, so we actually did touch, feel it, and see it. Mm-hmm. And like the concept was simple, right? People always needed a place to live, and people would always pay X amount, you know, within reason, right? It could go lower, it could go a little bit higher, but as long as we padded our number so that we didn't have to be, you know, charging the most amount of rent at all times, then the risk was fairly low, especially if we accounted. So we keep reserves for all of our properties. We make sure we have insurance in all our properties. Some people don't. That's I, w- I don't recommend that. Um, and then we vet all of the property managers that we use so that our team is fully vetted. And it's not just us looking after our investments. We also have different professionals looking after it. Mm, yeah. See, I, what, what I love about what you're you're sharing with the audience is that there are ways to mitigate the risks, right? right? So what we call in the industry, you, you got to do your due diligence, yes. right? You got to run the numbers and, and, and you have to have a criteria for, for what projects you want to invest your money, your hard-earned capital in. Um, so there are ways and that's why I, I wanted you to share with the audience how you do it because that's what people think. Right. It's so risky. Why would you do that? And also, here's the funniest thing. And how do you respond to people who, who say this one? Because I get this all the time. I don't feel like I want to change, uh, you know, locks or, or fixed toilet bowls. Yeah. You, like, what do you say to the people? You that don't that? have <laughs> to. You hire a property management company and they take care of all of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like Eric said, there's a lot of ways to mitigate risk and really knowing your numbers and knowing all the numbers is really important. That is actually one of the pitfalls we had in the beginning. So Chris's dad actually owned some real estate and he was a good landlord, just great. But he didn't necessarily run all the numbers because back, you know, back when we, he bought the properties, there was just so much room in the numbers that, you know, like he was fine. But we were kind of new in the game and we were like, okay, we're going to buy it for this amount. And initially our numbers were just the rent minus the mortgage payments. And we mm. thought the rest was cash flow. And it's not. If if we had bought our properties with just those numbers, we would be in the red, right? Um, There's a lot of other things like property management expenses. You have to account for vacancy. You have to account for maintenance expenses. There's HOA fees. There's all that kind of stuff. Um, Later, I'll talk. I actually have a YouTube channel. It's Ask Ariane, and I have a video there about running the numbers on rental properties, and I even give you the calculator Mm. I use so you know to check off the boxes for these are all the expenses. Yeah. So you guys can check that I love out. It. Yeah, give me the link to that. We'll put it in okay. the show notes. Absolutely. I'll do that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So you realize it wasn't as simple as, you know, the rental income minus, you know, the right. mortgage. Right. And, and and there's a whole host of things. And I'm sure, um, you know, and you listed some of them, you know, being, uh, you know, vacancy rates and and, and, and can't, what we call CapEx, mm-hmm. right? Capital expenditures and things like that. Uh, but I got, I cut my teeth and got my confidence just diving deep into bigger pockets. Right. And we were talking about this before the mics turned on because they have tools that are free. And then, um, you know, just running the numbers. And then I used to export it. I'm, I'm guessing you did this too with my logo. <laughs> yeah. And then I would present this to people at meetings. I'm like, hey, right. look at this. I got, a, I, got, I got a deal right here potentially and you want to invest. And that's the thing. Can you talk a little bit about the capital, the money? The, the people are like, well, I have no money. How am I going to invest in real estate? You have to be rich. 
What's your response to that? So you don't have to be rich. You will be rich at some point. <laughs> um, but in the beginning, we had we were in like fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt when we very first started, mm. um, and I we didn't know what we know now. So we actually did it the longer way. We saved up and paid off all that debt and saved fifty thousand dollars, and then we bought our first property. Um, but there's so many ways you can do it. You can partner with someone who has the money and maybe not have the time. Um, you could, we, we did a version of house hacking so you can buy something with zero to 3% down. So while that's not zero money, that's still a small amount of money, right? So there's so many ways. Okay. Well, explain to people in case they don't know what house hacking yeah, is. Yeah. So house hacking is really just making money off of the house you live in. So there's different ways to do that. The first way is you can buy a house that's two to four units, right? Um, so you buy a four unit with your zero to 3% down payment, and then you rent out the other three units. You could also do that with rooms. So I know a lot of people, we live in a military town. There's a lot of people um, moving around all the time and needing roommates. So they'll buy a four bedroom house with a zero to 3% down, and then they'll rent out the individual rooms. And they live for free and they're making extra money from the other roommates. So that's the second way. A third way is you can use the money um, from your house, like a home equity line of credit, right? So maybe you bought your house five years ago and now you have extra 200K in equity. You can tap into that with a home equity line of credit and you're getting a 3% interest rate on it. And you can invest it in something else that makes 10, 15, 20%. So that's still house mm -hmm. hacking to me. Yeah. I, I love this strategy and I, I exercise this and a lot of people I know, and this is this is beyond the code. So if you hear this and this sounds intimidating, we do this, people do this. But you can take your HELOC, like you said, <laughs> from the bank and they give you 3% on it, but you can lend it out as a private yeah. lender for other people who are doing deals and they're flipping and you can charge, you know, I charge typically anywhere between 10 to 12% interest with points, right? Meaning a percentage to start the loan up that they cover. But yeah, there's so many ways to create wealth, um, you know, and, and, and what you're discussing is a simple way that people can get into it if they just educate themselves and get confident and obviously get your spouse yes. on board, <laughs> which is massive <laughs> because they can hold everything back. I'm like, oh, stop it. So you kind of got to level up together. I remember bringing my wife to, I was telling you, there's mm -hmm. rich dad, poor dad seminars. And she had to come mm -hmm. with me, right? Because I'm not making this choice on my right. own. So can you talk a little bit about the family dynamic? I know Chris's father uh, was already an investor, but how did they, was it, the, was the sell you like getting you on board and how easy was that if that's the um, case so we kind of both it, we were very blessed that we were both kind of on the same page so we both went mm -hmm. to the rias we both went to the events we both listened to the podcasts so we we're kind of growing at yeah. the same pace um so yes very i know that's not the case for a lot of people and we do have a lot of friends where you know we try to tell them like it actually helps when you both go it's not just one person's thing even though one person might do more of the numbers or one person might do more of the design if you're you know doing short-term rentals or whatever like it like both of you have to grow together it's actually kind of dangerous when you kind of grow up part and we've experienced that in other things not necessarily the real estate investing 
stuff. Yeah. But it's really hard when you, you know, you just, you grow apart and it's really dangerous for a relationship. So we don't recommend that. A thousand percent. Thank you for bringing that up. So whether it's real estate, any any sort of risk that you're taking that's different from the mm-hmm. norm, right? Just having a W-2, having a full-time job um, that you want to pursue, starting a business, whatever it is, having your spouse 100 or at least 99% on board with you um, is critical. Because like you said, you're not pulling on mm-hmm. the, in, in the same direction on, on, on the yours, uh, which is going to cause like... It's, it's going to slow Great. things down. And one thing that I do want to recommend that I've 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 implemented in our household is I always clue my wife in on every single thing every single day so that when we go through all the chapters of the book or the series of books at this point and I skip to chapter 7 or the 7th book in the series and I go, "Hey, this is what's happening now." She's caught up. She's literally read every chapter and and God bless her for listening to me every single day and night, right? Because now she can actually provide advice Mm -hmm. and it's well-informed because I didn't cut her out of the loop. And I love that you say that you were like, it's almost like you said that maybe you you were using the book analogy. Maybe you read like 300 pages of the book, but you gave her like the most important one page, right? You gave your significant other like, like this is the summary of what I've been doing today, this month, whatever, right? And I think that's so important because like you probably knew that she didn't have the time to read 300 pages or spend 500 hours, whatever that was, but you knew that it was important that she knew the most important bits of it. And that's Mm -hmm. what, that's why you guys are still in sync and you're in lockstep. So that like, I love that that is so like beautiful and we need to like, write a book about that (laughs) um but for and like one of the things we do as well is like every week we'll have like a date night that has no we try not to talk about business Mm. so like each week we'll have like a family meeting where okay it's more like family goals and business goals is what we're doing so we're like always on the same page but the other thing that's helped us a lot in our relationship is having one date that just isn't all about business isn't all about the ten thousand mm. things we want to do and build this business and have yeah. this many rental properties and all that kind of stuff that's really yeah. helped a lot i think that definitely there's a book in you and in chris and or i would say it's so powerful partnering with people because you know like i told you i'm good friends with matt and liz faircloth mm-hmm. and they, they've talked about and i actually uh, i don't know if i could say this here okay if somebody's listening it, it may still happen but you know a book about this, mm-hmm. like working with your spouse. Um, I guarantee you people would love that. Like, a, mm. you know, stories, maybe each chapter is like different couples. Right. Yeah. Where, yeah. I mean, it's so inspiring uh, to hear people. I mean, every real estate investor that you listen to on a podcast started just like you, like right. with nothing. No, they didn't wake up and they had hundreds or dozens of units or right. apartments, right? They started from from nothing. So it's so inspirational to hear people. And I've had people invest with us that have been listening to the journey or, you know, you're creating mm-hmm. content that's educational. Right. Uh, people love that. And you never know who's watching and listening because literally four or five years later, people come and they invest. I've been watching you. Yeah. They I did. love your story. Yeah. It's so it good. Is. Can you, 
Can you talk about that? Let's let's jump into the content realm where how has that helped you and, and how did you understand like, okay, I need to do this and, and what are sort of the results that have occurred? Uh, for the content, I don't really think I thought about it much in the beginning. So I was on the Bigger Pockets podcast in 2017, like a year after I started investing. Thank you. It's amazing. And I mainly did it because, you know, they were asking for like success stories, people who Bigger Pockets helped. I was like, yeah, you guys helped me a lot. You know, you helped yeah. me buy my first few properties and they got me on the show. Like, great. So good. Um, and it was amazing. Like, I didn't really know what that would do. But that one podcast four years ago, like there's still people reaching out to me t- today from that. And I didn't even have like anything to point them at, right? Like they, I didn't really have anything back then. They were just Googling me, I guess, and found my Facebook or whatever. Um, but I only started putting out more consistent content about a year ago because I saw how Bigger Pockets helped me and my story was helping people just, you know, just from them listening to that one show and me being on other podcasts. And I saw that I could actually help others too, just like others people helped me and they inspired me to take action and get to the point I'm at now. I can help other people that are newer than me so that they can know that, you know, if, if I can do it, they can too. Like I'm nobody special really. I just followed the crumbs that other people laid down the path. And, you know, bit by bit, 1% improvements every day, I got to where I am now. Yeah, it's brilliant. Are you ready to invest in real estate, but don't have the time or enough education to do it by yourself? Accountable Equity helps accredited investors who are looking for tax advantaged investments. So anyone looking for a team of professionals who hold themselves accountable with theirs and your real estate investments, Accountable Equity is your boots on the ground team. Their mission is to bring private offerings to their investors and their clients. With a team of committed and experienced investors themselves, Accountable Equity is always looking for partners to participate in alternative investments which extend beyond publicly traded equities like stocks. Accountable Equity makes alternative passive cash flow possible for more people than ever before in our economy. To find out more, visit AccountableEquity.com. That's AccountableEquity.com. Or look for them on LinkedIn or Facebook. That's AccountableEquity.com or Accountable Equity. That's Accountable Equity, your partner for true passive real estate investments. It's so relatable, you know. Um, it's it's funny. I don't know if you... I don't know if you consider this because I, I know I don't, and I'd love to hear your perspective because I don't often get to interview fellow Filipinos. But does that come into play? I mean, you've got you've got a couple of things, right? You're 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 a wonderful woman entrepreneur, as well as uh, you know, I hate the nerd the term minority, you know, that they call us. But you know, there's something to be said about that. So yeah. you're unique in the space, is is my point. Right. Um, what are some of your experiences in that? You're, you're, you're leading the charge on financial freedom. How have you been perceived? And I know for a fact, it's a male dominated industry, right? right? So let, let, let's talk a little bit about that and how you've been navigating through those waters. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting dynamic, right? Like, especially in the real estate slash sometimes construction space. So if you're Mm. starting out and you're not going to be completely passive where you're investing with someone who's doing the work, you're going to like talk to people in real life. And I'm a short five foot 
you know, little brown girl <laughs> that <laughs> if you don't look closely, I might, I could be 16, right? Cause I'm short. Yeah. Well, you look very, very, as we do, <laughs> I, I'm, right? I'm 69 years old, by the way. If you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like 22. Um, but anyway, like it was interesting trying to like talk to contractors and talk, mm-hmm. even just talk to realtors. Cause they're like, Oh, you're trying to buy this house. You look like you're super young and you know, me and my husband weren't going to all the stuff together because we still yeah. had jobs back then. So we kind of had to like, hey, you do this, you meet this person, blah, blah. So, yeah, it was very interesting in the beginning because I did feel like, oh, like they don't, they're not listening to me or may. And then all these thoughts come into my head. Like they didn't say, but I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. it's because I'm brown. Maybe it's because my English isn't, you know, doesn't sound like I'm from here or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, then I realized that, well, they didn't say that. It probably isn't true. But even if it was, well, too bad. Like, I, still, <laughs> I still have to get this done, right? I still have to finish the, tell the contractor to finish his job and not leave. I still have to tell the realtor, we are going to put an offer at this price, right? Like kind of just sucked it up. And after a few years, I realized that a lot of it was, some of it was true. There are some people, you know, let's be real. There are some people who look at you different because you look different. But that's, they're really the minority of people when you get to the people who matter, really. Most people who are going to matter in your life don't care what you look like, don't care what you sound like, don't care that you're female. If they see that, you know, you're a good human and that you are a good fit for whatever they are they're doing, because most of it is a business transaction, then they're going to respect you and they're going to treat you the way you deserve to be treated. So. I think it starts with treating yourself that way. I, I think I realized yeah. in the beginning I was treating myself, you know, not the way I wanted to be treated. Like I wasn't giving myself the respect I deserved and then I wouldn't do the things, you know, I would do for someone else. And once I started showing myself that respect, I think other people saw that, oh, like she's acting like everybody else. We're going to treat her like everybody else. Mm, so good. This this is so in line with, you know, what you and I and, and, and others preach is like it's 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 mindset, right? Mm-hmm. You were talking about um basically getting out of your own head. Right. You know, when talking to contractors, when talking to a male dominated industry, you were playing all these sort of scenarios in your head. What are they thinking of me? You know, you were being very self-conscious. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you finally got beyond that. You you broke that barrier and and you noticed like, wow, yeah, success. That's that's on you, right? the person that's judging me, not on me. And I'm just going to keep moving forward. Get out of my way <laughs> or I'm going to run. I'm going to roll over yeah. you, uh, which is so needed, not just in, in, in real estate, but in business and in life. Right. And you know, I'll right? be very, very vulnerable with the audience. Like if like that same thing, I was, you know, like saying like, oh, I overcame whatever. Like I'm still feeling that right mm-hmm. now in the content space, right? Like we're, humans were so interesting. We're like, oh, we did it here, right? I learned that lesson there. But somehow in this new world where, oh, I'm going to make content. I'm like, oh, maybe people don't want to listen to me because I sound this way and blah, blah, blah. Wow. Right? Like I'm still yeah. going through that same process right now. So if you're hearing me right yeah. now, like... It's a process, right? You, it's you're not just gonna do it like that. Like it's, you know, you gotta come come to terms with your internal struggles and really kind of mm-hmm. ask yourselves a lot of questions of why do I feel this? Why? Yes. Why do I think this way? Yeah. 
And it dates back all the way to when we were born and the household we grew up and the family dynamic and all the things, right? Everyone is different. We are raised in a certain way in a certain place and environment where it 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 precodes us, mm. right, with certain be- beliefs. And what I love about you and what you're talking about is it's 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 really about reprogramming ourselves. Mm. I like to call it, um, you know, upgrading your operating system, right? right? And and my wife has adopted what I say. She calls me at, at, when I got into investing. She's like, "Oh, you're Eric 2.0." <laughs> and then when I got to a spiritual sort of level. Where I'm like, now I'm just a giver. I just want to give mm-hmm. with nothing, no expectation in return. He's like, you're, I think you got the 3.0. Nice. You know? so, she, so it's it's really just operating and understanding and knowing we're always leveling up. Right. And when you stop leveling up, you're not growing, right? You're not experiencing something new because of fear or because of limiting beliefs or something's holding you back, whatever it's resisting. It's most likely something that happened in your childhood. Right. right. It's most likely something someone said to you, right? Maybe it's parents, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's something. So I like what you're talking about because here's what's so, so needed, Ariane. When you have these thoughts, and thank you for being vulnerable, by the way, um, and you said it's a process. Absolutely. Understand and know when you have any slight hesitation, someone needs to hear you. And someone needs to understand you are them because there's so many people out there that look like you or sound like you, or maybe, you know, just being a woman in the industry relate to everything you're saying and everything you're doing. And they want to be bigger. They feel it in their bones. So understand like that's one person. I'm going to reach that one person. And that's, what's going to power me through these thoughts that I'm having. I'm going to help that one person that needs my help because I'm representing them. Right. Sorry, I don't mean to I get off you. my soapbox. I'm not. I'm not meaning to give you advice here. <laughs> no, no, that's good. But I'm good. just. Yeah. I, I want to make sure, like, you got to do. This is our duty right. as a Philip, not just Filipinos, real estate, so many different categories. Mm. You know, you're you're a woman. I'm. Uh, you know, I'm a minority too. And like, I don't think about it until you know what. But I'm gonna I'm gonna vent a little here. When I'm talking to someone, I'm not walking into a room thinking I'm a Filipino. Mm. I look different. I never think that ever until. Someone says to me, where are you from? And I go, I was born and raised in Yonkers, New York. I know where they're going. Right. And they'll go, no, where are you from? Where were you born? I told you, New York. Right. And then they'll go, no, where are your parents from? Right. So now they're pointing out to me that I look different to them. And Mm -hmm. like you said, though, I got to get past it because that's them, not me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see I don't see difference in people. Everybody looks the same. Right. Now I have also seen like and, and I totally relate to that. And I was actually born in the Philippines. So I have this feel. Yeah, I was born in the Philippines, moved to New Zealand, and I'm here, right? Like that's my feel. Um, but I've also found that sometimes people ask that and then they'll be like, Oh, my my so and so is from the Philippines. Like they were really kind of just trying to break the ice so they can talk about oh yeah, this family member, blah blah blah. So yeah, but I totally like I can totally relate because it's but it's all in my head too, right? Like, oh they think they think I look different. <laughs> yeah. And all you're doing is highlighting right. that I'm different. And I wasn't thinking about it until you brought it up. Here, I've got, I've got to vent a little bit more because this is kind of funny. So so my wife is not Filipino. And um her her dad, when he met me, I get it, right? He's mm. he's trying to relate, like you said. Oh, I know. Oh, my yeah, nurse yeah. was a Filipino. <laughs> and oh, my my brother-in-law married a Filipino. So every time I saw him for weeks, it was like mm-hmm. who he knew, 
right? And how right. he loves the food. So I'm okay with that mm-hmm. in the beginning. This Ariane went on for years. <laughs> years. I'm like, he saw me as a Filipino man for a year until finally he saw me as a human being. Like, right. I'm just like you, bro. Like, why are you keep bringing up that right. I'm different? I'm not. Right. I was born here. They call us, they call us, um, uh, Twinkies, right? Because we're yellow on the outside and white on the inside. <laughs> I actually haven't heard of that. Now I know. Maybe someone's been calling me a somebody Twinkie and I never knew. Somebody, somebody <laughs> called me that. I think it was in college. That's when I met the most Filipinos in my life. Because uh, I grew up in upstate New York. It was, it was predominantly white. And um, when I went to school in New York City, it was oh, all wow. Filipinos going to design school. I was like, yay, well, you're my friends. And they, they couldn't care less about me. I'm like, get out of here, dude. We grew up with Filipinos. But yeah, somebody called me. Well, yeah, we're Twinkies. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about, um, you know, the path to financial freedom. First, let's explain again, anyone who's who's understanding and listening and wants more clarity, what financial freedom means, and then also sort of the steps that you took to get there and how you can help people achieve that. Yeah. So financial freedom to me means that your investment income, uh, I call it passive income, pays for your needs, wants, and more, which allows you, you know, you don't have to work for money. Right. And what I love about financial freedom is it actually frees people to do what they're meant to do. Like there's so many people who are like trapped, like I was, right? Like I was trapped doing something that maybe I wasn't really meant to do because I had to pay the bills, right? I had to like pay for my student loans and the mortgage and the car and all that. Um, but yeah, so that's what financial freedom means to me. Having passive income, investment income that pays for your needs once and more. And how do you actually get there? Um, so this is one of the things I'm super passionate about because I think sometimes we all, and I do this too, like sometimes we look for like, the easy way out, the, the get rich quick scheme, right? The get financially free quick scheme. And we, there's different parts to it. And we just focus on one part. Like sometimes people just focus on making more money. If I can just make a hundred grand more or a million dollars more or $5 million more, then I would be financially free. But that's not a hundred percent of the equation. Part of the equation is actually not spending. If you make a million dollars this year or a hundred grand this year, not spending all of it and instead putting some of that money into an investment that pays you over and over and over. That's the investment income, the passive income. Mm -hmm. And people sometimes forget that. They just feel like they can make their way to freedom. You actually don't. You just make a bigger, bigger and bigger like (laughs) prison for yourself. Um, So yeah, like first step is to set aside some money into an investment and then you want to make sure you're doing that more and more each year and after a few years usually in like five years or so you'll have enough recurring passive income that pays for your needs and wants and more yeah i i understand you you know so you're living now in florida in the united states Mm -hmm. but there are people that listen all over the the world to this show would you say you can achieve this in Australia or in the Philippines or in New Zealand or yes. Canada? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's actually, uh, so I posted a thing the other day where if you put 
X amount, whatever amount it is, let's say you put $100 or $1,000 a month into an investment that gets you at least a 10% return. And every time that investment comes back, you just keep investing it again into that whatever that um, investment was. In seven years, you'll have that same amount coming back to you each month without you know, adding more. So let's say you wanted 5000 a month. If you put 5000 a month right now into an investment that gets you at least 10%, in seven years, you'll have 5000 a month forever. Mm. Um, now, some people might not be able to start with 5000 a month. Start with smaller, right? Like as long as you keep investing, maybe, then maybe it won't take seven years. Maybe it'll take eight years. But that'll compound and that'll give you the freedom that you want. Yeah. I love it. So you can do that anywhere from the Philippines, Australia. We actually have investors from the Philippines and New Zealand. Yes. Um, and we're so like, we love educating people, especially Filipinos. Cause I have a soft spot for Filipinos, <laughs> right? Like this, I'm not sure we have a lot of um, other um, ethnicities listening, but the Filipino dream was to become a nurse, to work overseas, work forever, and then that was it. Right? Like yeah. You don't ever see your family um, and Sad. you work for them. Like I'm trying to educate other people now that they can actually invest and they don't have to work for 40 years overseas. They can do yeah. that for seven years and come back and spend time with their family. I know. I mean, the whole and you've seen it and I've seen it it's dozens and dozens of times within our families. Uh, they come here, they work so hard and they send like 90 percent of the money back right. to their families. And, you know, there's, I mean, God bless them for doing that. Uh, but that is not the only option, right. right? There's ways to invest because a lot of them come here and make good money. Right. Um, and there's ways to, to help your family um, in real estate, uh, basically. So um, I want to I wanna ask you a couple of sort of what I call quick hits from the hip. Mm -hmm. And um, they're fun questions to get to okay. know you a little bit more. So what is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? And don't say balut. It's got to be something else. <laughs> <laughs> the strangest thing I've ever eaten. Yeah. I actually don't eat a lot of strange things. So it probably <laughs> would have been balut. Then I couldn't use okay, that, that anymore. Could be it. That could be it. I was just making a joke. I've never had it. My dad tells me about oh. it. I'm like, that sounds so gross. He's like, dude, you got to eat it in the dark. <laughs> so oh, for funny. anyone who's wondering what it is, it's a, uh, it's a duck egg, right? Yeah. And it's hard-boiled beef while the fetus is half uh, ha half beef. baked yeah so <laughs> like there's like a little fetus formed. in there yes there's an okay. unformed fetus you can actually eat it without fetus so when mm. i eat it i take the fetus out <laughs> just the egg just the egg part of yeah, it like the so yolk and like the, the yeah the yolk yeah. and there's like and then, soup and then, and then uh, yeah, oof, yeah. Uh, I get, it's all in the head right because <laughs> what he told me he's like if you eat it especially in the dark so you don't freak out he says it tastes like duck it's like a duck yeah. and eggs and you eat duck you know and, and, yeah. and we eat soft shell crabs so it's like right. uh, uh, but anyway it's, yes it's, it's got to get it out of your head it feels yeah or just but, don't um, eat the duck <laughs> Um, okay, so you shared so much, which is fantastic. Um, and thank you for being vulnerable earlier. That is one of the questions I usually ask. But uh, let's let's. So because you have allegiances, or you've been, you've experienced life in many different areas, you know, in the Philippines and New Zealand and the U.S. If you were to play an Olympic sport, what a what would the sport be, and b what country would you represent? Oh, well, if I could represent a country, it'd be the Philippines. Because I don't think we 
we do. There are no yeah. Filipinos in the Olympics. Yeah. So I'd be like the only one. <laughs> um, and I'd do... <laughs> I'm not a very sports-centered person. <laughs> so I'd have to pick something I could win. <laughs> I don't know. Chess? Well, so, do they play chess? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we could say yes. We could say yes. I love chess. Um, no, But I mean, like, what's a sport that you really, like, appreciate? It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be great at it. Like, I, I love basketball, but I can't play for my life. <laughs> I like basketball, too. Um, yeah. Probably cycling. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, so I know people are loving and appreciating you as I do now with this story that we've unfolded. You have a wealth of knowledge and experience. Um, and this is just the surface that we scratched, right? You, you can share so much and educate people, uh, to, to change their life. Really, really mm -hmm. just change their life completely. You've achieved financial freedom with, what is it? 1% or less let's say 1%, 10%, 1% of the 1% achieves financial freedom. And you've mm -hmm. done it. And congratulations to you and to Chris and your family. Um, just just so you, so so the uh, audience knows like what you've done. In my notes from what I remember in our last conversation, within six years, you now have accumulated over 1,800 units, which you've rehabbed and you've, 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 you've wholesaled and 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 or you've wholesaled over 500 um, homes. And now you... Right, you you make enough yeah, passive yeah. income to to just right. pay for all your expenses, and now you can just continue building that nest egg and building your legacy wealth. So, congratulations! Just thank you, thank uh, you, I'm Eric. In, I'm, I'm in awe of you and what you've done. I, I definitely want to keep seeing you talking beyond the mics so that we can help each other. I mean, want to help yeah, you, like sure. you said. I mean, I have a soft spot as well for for our people. Um, but yeah, let's let's continue the conversation. If someone else wants to continue the conversation, what's the best way that they, they can reach out to you? Yeah, so um, I have a YouTube channel, like I mentioned earlier. It's Ask Ariane um, on YouTube. Um, and then you can also reach me at wealthgym.com. That's like the gym for your wealth, wealthgym.com. Um, and you can find me on Instagram too, the Ariane Lemire. Yeah, so Ariane with two ends. looking forward to connecting with you. Yes, yeah. two ends. Two ends. So, folks, you've heard it here. She's the best. Reach out to her uh, because she can definitely help you on your path to financial freedom. Thank you so much for being on the Entrepreneur Circle. I appreciate you very, very much. And we'll talk awesome. soon. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral. And as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Mm -hmm.